you are listening to Beetroot, the poetry podcast brought to you by the University of Amsterdam. We are your hosts, Lottie and Marta, and we are very excited to welcome you to our very first episode. So, Marta, what is it that you love about poetry? I think for me, it's mostly a way of seeing things that bases itself maybe less on this kind of rationality that we have to go through every day and more this irrationality on senses and smell and um, mm. and that makes the ordinary a little bit more sublime. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lottie? What do you love about poetry? Um, well, I guess what I love about poetry is, I mean, the poets say it the best, but my favorite poet, Ted Hughes, always said that poetry isn't something that necessarily needs to be said, but needs to be communicated. So in that way, it's been a real lifeline for me in communicating what I feel. And uh, yeah, there's definitely been some poets that have helped me. Okay, so uh, it's our delight to welcome our guest today, which is Ashley Mitchell, poet, student, and part-time chef from Louisiana, USA. Hi. Hi, Hi Ashley. <laughs> so the poem you've decided to read to us today is Leaving Early by Sylvia Plath, mm -hmm. uh, published after her death in 1971 in her collection Crossing the Water. So what attracted you to this poem in the first place? Um, well, I was just going through some of Plath's work after we read her in class. And yeah, Leaving Early was just the the work that just, I don't know, I, I read it and it was beautiful. And I just keep, I kept reading it and reading it and reading it. Mm. I think it's the angst. Yeah. <laughs> that, that brought me to it. That delicious loneliness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to read it for us? Yeah, I would love to. Mm -hmm. okay. <clears throat> Lady, your room is lousy with flowers. When you kick me out, that's what I'll remember. Me sitting here, bored as a leopard, in your jungle of wine bottle lamps, velvet pillows the color of blood pudding, and the white china flying fish from Italy. I forget you. Hearing the cut flowers sipping their liquids from assorted pots, pitchers, and coronation goblets like Monday drunkards. The milky berries bow down, a local constellation toward their admirers in the tabletop, mobs of eyeballs looking up. Are those petals or leaves you've paired with them? Those green striped ovals of silver tissue? The red geraniums, I know. Friends, friends. They stink of armpits and the involved maladies of autumn. Musky as a love bed the morning after. My nostrils prickle with nostalgia. Henna hags, cloth of your cloth. They tow old water thick as fog. The roses in the Toby jug gave up the ghost last night. High time. Their yellow corsets were ready to split. You snored and I heard the petals unlatch, tapping and ticking like nervous fingers. You should have junked them before they died. Daybreak discovered the bureau lid littered with Chinese hands. Now I'm stared at by chrysanthemums the size of Holofernes's head, dipped in the same magenta as this fubsy sofa. In the mirror, their doubles back them up. Listen, your tenant mice are rattling the cracker packets. Fine flower muffles their bird feet. They whistle for joy, and you doze on, nose to the wall. The smizzle fits me like a sad jacket. How did we make it up to your attic? 
You handed me gin and a glass bud vase. We slept like stones. Lady, what am I doing with a lung full of dust and a tongue of wood, knee deep in the cold, swamped by flowers? That was Leaving Early by Sylvia Plath, read by Ashley Mitchell. Hmm. How did you feel reading that, Ashley? It just, every time I read it, it, it just feels really good. Like I'm exercising some feeling of mm. just not being, I don't know, worthy of someone's love. I, I don't know. It just feels really, really good. Very cathartic. Yeah. yeah. There's like, I've heard, like, read this poem and heard it so many times now. I feel, <laughs> and still every time <laughs> I hear it read, I'm like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> breath. Yeah, it's it's um it's incredible. She's incredible. Mm. I mean, she speaks to all of us when she says, "Lady, your room is lousy with flowers." In her first line, it doesn't care, doesn't matter if you're a lady mm-hmm. or not. Exactly. I think everyone feels something when she begins. Um, but what is it that you really love about this poem? Um, I love the the imagery. I love the image that I get. I imagine this old, desolate attic mm-hmm. with a bed and sofa, the flowers everywhere, the old flowers, the new ones, the dead ones, the the buds. Um, and I, I guess I imagine myself there um, alone. Um, it, it's just the like the line um, they told water thick as fog that carries so much for me. It's mm. so powerful. Yeah, I think actually what hit me this time when I reheard it because I was always really marked by how strong the images were. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, even oh, I can never pronounce the name of these flowers. Chrysanthemums. The chrysanthemums, like mm-hmm. this idea of I see exactly that flower how it looks it's as big as a head. But actually, I feel like this time what also marked me was how foggy that image is still, Mm -hmm. you know, with like the thickness of the fog and even like the milkiness of it. I don't know. There's something as though it was so clear and yet you're seeing this through like this veil, you know, you can't really Mm -hmm. grasp it in a certain way. Like you're looking in from like a dusty window or something. Yeah, exactly. The view is not so clear, but I think that's what's so great about Sylvia Plath with a lot of her poetry is that, she got famous maybe for being a confessional poet, but there's also so much symbolism there and she's such a symbolic artist and this is mm-hmm. really those two arts converging and leaving early, um, you know, and she's confessing so much. I mean, I think we're all getting some queer undertones from oh, this poem. Yes, of course. <laughs> the, like, the gay sad, despair. Yeah, mm. the gay despair is, is very real. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's embroidered by so many beautiful beautiful symbols mobs Mm -hmm. of eyeballs um petals i I don't know what what the petals exactly are but i know there's something bodily Mm -hmm. so sensually it's appealing to me in some way (laughs) the milky berries Mm. is there a line that you particularly love ashley yes actually um where is it um yeah now I'm stared at by chrysanthemums the size of Holofernes' head dipped in the same magenta as this fubsy sofa. Mm. It just, um, you know, I, I asked a friend for some advice in, in figuring out what this line really means. And 
I liked his response. He said that whenever he is apologizing to someone, chrysanthemums are the flowers that he would go to. So I'm, I'm wondering what what what's going on? Did Plath feel some remorse? Did she feel some? I don't know what some confrontation. Yeah, I mean, and is it Plath or is it the lady? I've we've uh, I've had this conversation come up a couple of times before where you're undecided as to whether it is Sylvia mm-hmm. Plath being a confessional poet here mm-hmm. or whether she is addressing a lady and whether that lady is the subject of her queer despair. Mm-hmm. Which I find mm-hmm. interesting because it's funny how interpretation works, I guess, because once I saw the lady at the beginning, my little gay heart was just like, oh. yes. <laughs> yes exactly. I didn't even go further than oh. that. I just stopped and I was like, this to me, is, you know, especially because you know, I mean, in the version that I have printed out of the poem, say Sylvia Plath at the end, um, and with like the lady comma at the beginning, there's nearly this lettery also quality to yes, it, you know, and yeah. on multiple occasions, um, she is writing to this you, you know, as you does on, nose to the wall. And I n- notice also that I can do that a lot if I'm, you know, completely infatuated with uh, someone I'll often find myself writing and realize that I'm writing to them and even though sometimes she's describing you know maybe the flowers in the sofa this presence is so omnipresent even mm-hmm. as she just like paints around it you know in the yeah. negative space mm. it, it's still always really felt it's intoxicating yeah I noticed so much red in this poem as well. Mm. Just now reading it through as I'm listening to you guys. Mm. Wine bottle, colour of blood, um, berries, coronation. Mm-hmm. Bloody chrysanthemums. Red geraniums. The fubsy sofa. Yeah. Wow. Friends so much friends. red. But I think that for me goes kind of hand in hand in a certain way with all of the senses as well like there's something really deep and um you know as though you're especially in the color red like as though you're completely diving into it like blood nearly bodily in a certain way I don't know yeah you know there's so many um smells and you know stink and looking and hearing and listening like so many senses kind of and it's really also this um plunging into this moment yeah that musky love bed yeah, that musky love bed, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, something I noticed, which I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts about, was like um, kind of this turn from present to past that I felt a little bit between the first stanza and the second pa- like stanza. Mm. Um, just because if you kind of look at the first stanza, you know, she's talking a lot about hearing and looking and kind of these more present things. And as she moves into the second stanza, she starts with last night and then there were snored, heard, like all of these past things. Um, I just wondered if you guys had any thoughts about that because that's one of the things that really marked me. Mm. Well, for me, I think this poem being a a merging of her symbolism as a writer and of her need to confess I think it's swimming in the memory and at some point Mm -hmm. when you're writing a poem the poet has to kind of come out of that pool of memory Mm -hmm. to come out of the water and wash themselves off and I think moving into the the present tense and away from the past kind of does that for Plath I don't know Mm -hmm. what do you think Ashley? Um, I guess I, I, I don't really feel, I guess I wouldn't say like, um, a resolution near the end of the poem, but so much is just like catharsis. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. we finally, we, we, we made it. We're, we're looking back at what's going on and trying to figure out how I feel about this 
very like deep and dank and like dark um, affair, mm-hmm. which is what I assumed to have transpired. Um, it just, it just seems so sad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It, it does feel like some kind of woman was involved in Plath's mm-hmm. life. And just for those who don't know, uh, Sylvia Plath was married to Ted Hughes, mm-hmm. um, later divorced, and their relationship is constantly the subject of poetic analysis and historical analysis. But mm-hmm. I feel like during um, the 60s as well, it wasn't that liberating a time be honest Mm -hmm. and to be queer and to be with a woman and so like for all of us I think poetry is that uh consolation when you're denied the right to express Mm -hmm. that feeling I'm so reminded of when we went to see Downton Abbey last night (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh Mm. yeah Yeah, there were definitely some nervous fingers tapping ticking there as well yeah yeah, really nice film. I think for me, this like memory thing, it also kind of ties in with all of these images of this really, you know, there's this like, there's a lot of ideas of of you know this wild nature. You have the the leopard and the jungle and stuff, mm-hmm. but it all seems to be so domesticated into this kind of home. And you've got the velvet pillows and the blood pudding and the assorted pots, and it's mm-hmm. like trying to take this really wild nature. And I think like that's also sometimes a process of maybe writing or memory making is like taking this big lump of emotions that is just like yeah, yeah they gotta go somewhere yeah, right? they gotta go somewhere and then in a certain way assorting that or I guess maybe also this feeling of restrainedness I guess you could read it both ways and you know yeah. <clears throat> once in the second paragraph um, the corset splits and the petals unlatch mm. as maybe that catharsis that we were talking about yeah that that reveal that riffle, revelation could I say that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a revelation I, uh, for sure. I really like what you what you said about the wildness of the poem. And it I kind of could tie that in with the point we made before about there being from like the the present of the wild and in the second um in the second stanza we go from talking about like a jungle and leopards to the mice. Mm. So maybe we go from these like great big emotions, this great big affair, this great big um, uh, symphony of just like feeling, and now we're 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 looking back on you know the mice that are rattling you know old packets, that quiet shame maybe that's being felt. Yeah, there's all the suppression. I'm assuming, I mean, we can't really assume anything regarding Sylvia Plath because she Mm -hmm. she still remains a bit of a mystery, but that's definitely, it's littered with this uh, burying of emotion. And of course, it's going to come out in a huge tiger and a lazy leopard. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the poem, it's almost as if she's closing the book and... It quiets down. Yeah, it quiets down to to just a mouse. I mean, this is also published after her death mm-hmm. by Ted Hughes, her husband, who was still um, alive afterwards. Um, yeah. So obviously these were emotions she couldn't even have published in in her living life, yeah. which 
you know, yeah, <laughs> it's not the first time that's happened. But I know, but that resignation is so sad. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think especially in that last question, that resignation for me is like I got a lot of emotions from that. You know, lady, what am I doing with a lung full of dust and a ton yeah. of wood knee deep in the cold swamp? I fl- like for me that that there's so many emotions in that. You know, there's something really desperate about it. But I also found it quite, you know, nearly desperate to the point that it becomes funny. Like it's lady, like what am I doing here? Like why? Mm. How can I? You oh, know, the irony, <laughs> the irony. Like there's sadness and happiness. Like I felt a lot in that last question. You know? Oh yeah, mm. I made this note. Um, by that line, mm-hmm. uh, one can breathe, can't speak. Very relatable. Two, these flowers are regrets. They're wanting and wanting, and you know maybe they're they're bad or difficult decisions to be dealt with the morning after. Mm. Yeah, the morning after. Sure, something's been exercised, and but now it has to be silenced. Yeah. I, but come to think of it, isn't that always how it is? Like when, whenever there's an emotional outburst or someone breaks down crying, it's eventually time to calm down. But yeah. can't we go on from that and exactly. do something bigger and better instead of? I mean, you know, there's a mizzle and there's a muffle and listen, your your tenant mice, the mice that live inside me and take over all the time. Yeah. When I have something, I I would love to say. I mean, I mean that's a really nice thought, but it's so hard to deal with these feelings once yeah. we have them. It's so much easier to just put them away. Hmm. Or we can talk about our feelings. Right <laughs> oh, now. right. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Ashley, I was curious as to how reading this poem maybe changed, because I know you write poem poetry as well, mm. how maybe it influenced your writing? Mm. Um, I I think that this was one of the the poems that really struck me in terms of like imagery and and really putting the the reader, you know, where your poem is. So, mm. um, one, this poem encouraged me to be so much more honest in my my writing, and two, um, I just really want people to. You know, if they read my work, I really want them to know where they are mm-hmm. yeah. in it, you know? Mm. And I want them to be able to look around in the the way that I could Mm-mm. while reading Leaving Early. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's definitely that feeling when you're reading Leaving Early of, like, entering this sort of bubble of a memory. And it's like, it, as a memory, maybe it's a bit foggy, but you can look around it and you can maybe look under the table and see mm-hmm. what's there. Like, you can move around that space this poem really feels like a like a space I mean I guess that's also what she's describing yeah. um, you know it makes me think of like in Harry Potter when you put your head in the like memory things oh, you right. know yeah. you just like <laughs> delve right in memories yeah. Tanya Radcliffe coming up for air <laughs> the pins um yeah, that was lovely, Ashley. Thank you for bringing this on the show for us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me again. Um, no, so now that we've talked about this beautiful poem, uh, we've arrived to the best part of the show. Um, every week we would like to ask our guest to bring in a line of their own, which they have written, and to submit it to Be True. And at the end of the season, we will combine all of these lines to make a poem. Mm-hmm. So, Ashley, would you like to read us a line um, that you've s- decided to submit to Be True? Yes, Please. Um, 
here it is right here. Um, very short. Ghost from the past. Go past me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I was at PCH a few weeks ago, and I saw someone um, that I had dated previously that I hoped that I would never see again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just very surreal, very jarring, because they were asking about um, how the courses were, because they're interested in, in taking some. So okay. I, I, I just, I, I, I saw them and I went right upstairs and I wrote this down in my notebook just to kind of like get it off of me that yeah. like weird feeling, you know, when your worlds collide and it's kind of gross to just kind of. Yeah, sometimes you've got to put your foot on the, on the tail of a memory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I put my my I put the pedal to the metal, so so they say. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hightail it out of there. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Um, you have been listening to Beetroot, a product of Uva Radio. Our podcast cover was designed by our very own Marta McLeodaf, and our theme music is called Life Itself by the Sieben Schmink Trio from their album Ravens are smart and if you liked our podcast then let us know by emailing beetroot at podcast.com and subscribing to the podcast if you want to share a poem with us then get in touch with us via email thank you so much bye bye, bye.